0: and welcome to the Romance Book Club. That sure isn't your mom's Romance Book Club, but it is my mom's. I'm Ellen, and joining me is my mom. Hi, Mom. How's it going? Hello, Ellen. Very well. Great. Um, So today we're going to be talking about The Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare, and then later about the suspension of disbelief when it comes to historical accuracy in romance novels. But first, Mom, what have you been reading lately? Well... Last time we did our
1: podcast, we I was we read the Christy, Christy Caldwell. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't remember authors. I know um, you don't. <laughs> um, I, we read her book, and I read that series. And then in that series, she kept referencing people who I know were in previous series. So I'm right mm-hmm. now reading her Lords of Honor series, trying to find these people that she mentioned. But even... <sighs> there's even the people in this series that are mentioned from previous series. It's like there needs to be somewhere where you can go on and find like a book family tree of where all these people connect. So I I know know where to start,
0: especially in romance novels. And especially if they're going to do that, where it's like series are connected to other series. Like there needs to be, uh, some sort of like actual, reading order for people who are weird and OCD about reading in series. I know.
1: Well, they've got these Tidemore sisters who, when they were mentioned in the other series, I thought, oh, they must be in the previous series. So I'm reading the previous series and there is a Tidemore sister in it, but there's also previous Tidemore
0: sisters. So I was like, gosh, gosh, dang it. Dang it. That's, that's that I really get I don't know why I get as annoyed by that as I do but I get pretty annoyed
2: so So,
1: anyway that's what I'm reading
0: cool Um, I am well I just finished the Stud Club series by Tessa Dare Um, I mentioned in the previous podcast that uh, I was on the first book Uh, so I just I've read just the second and third which is like only two books in two weeks. That's pretty... Slacker. That's pretty pretty low for me, I know. Um, I am... Oh, I have to tell you, Mom, that on Dare's website, she made, like, this book video, this book trailer for the Stud Club series, and it's hilarious. She, like, used all of her kids' toys, so she's got, like, all these G.I. Joes playing, like, the Duke of Moreland, and then um, she's, like, talking about how they have this horse that they like in this, in that club and it's like a My Little Pony that she uses for the horse (laughs) it's pretty funny, I'll have to send it to you
1: you'll have to send it to me because that sounds like something I would enjoy
0: yes, and you know I always have to send you videos rather than you taking the initiative to find them for yourself Uh,
1: well I have a life so I don't sit around looking for YouTube videos all my life what's that like?
0: (laughs) um (laughs) I'm also currently, though, I just... Because I finished the Stud Club series, I was feeling like I wanted a contemporary. So I am reading It Had to Be You by Susan Elizabeth Phillips. Um, It's the first book in her Chicago Stars series, which um, this might get me some slack, but... uh, Some flack, not slack, flack. Um, But I've never read Susan Elizabeth Phillips, and, like, she is, you know one of the queens of the genre, so um I feel like, you know, she is a hole in my my romance uh knowledge, so I'm giving her a try and people seem to be like gaga for this series. So um I'm giving it I'm giving it a shot and we're gonna see how it goes. You'll have to keep me posted. Yeah. Um but yeah, so that's that's what we've been reading. Um, so we are just going to dive right into uh, <laughs> talking about The Duchess Deal because um, Mom and I have like deliberately not been sharing our thoughts, even though I think I kind of know where both of us stand on this. Um, so this is, like I said, Duchess Deal by Tessa Dare. It is the first book in her new Girl Meets Duke series. Um, so the back cover description for this one reads: Since his return from war, the Duke of Ashbury's to-do list has been short and anything but sweet. Brooding, glowering, menacing, London ne'er wells by night. Now there's a new now there's a new item on the list. He needs an heir, which means he needs a wife. When Emma Gladstone, a vicar's daughter turned seamstress, appears in his library wearing a wedding gown, he decides on the spot that she'll do. His terms are simple. They will be husband and wife by night only, no lights, no kissing, no questions about his battle scars. Last and most importantly, once she's pregnant with his heir, they need never share a bed again. But Emma is no pushover. She has a few rules of her own. They will have dinner together every evening with conversation and unlimited teasing. Last and most importantly, once she's seeing the man beneath the scars, he can't stop her from falling in love. So that is the back cover description for um Tessa Dare's The Duchess Steel and we are about to dive into some spoilers, so if you do not want to hear those, skip ahead. So, Mom, I think I probably already know, but how did how what did you think of this book?
1: Well, first of all, I'm very excited that you're letting me go first because I have a feeling we share some opinions on this book. <laughs> yeah, probably. I absolutely loved this oh, book. Me too. <laughs> so, and good. the whole time I was reading, it, I kept thinking, "Oh, Ellen's gonna love this book." <laughs> I love. Yes. I love a snarly hero, and he was about as surly as we'd had oh, ever. Gosh. Yes, and um, just very dark and broody, but he's so funny, and he's so... Uh, yes. He teases her so <laughs> much, oh, and gosh. they're just so funny together, both of them. The The witty banter was off the turned, charts. Turned up to an 11.
0: Yes. Um, so. Yeah. I don't want to speak too soon, but this one might be up there with, like, Romancing Mr. Bridgerton for me, um, and that is, like, one of my favorite books ever. So, I just... I loved this book. I read it so quickly, um, which was both good and bad. Um, but yeah, broody, grumpy hero, which I don't know why that's such a type for me, but it is, um, who's so also like so funny. Uh, yes, please. Um, and I saw an interview with Tessa where she said that she pitched this book as like the Duke of Deadpool and I was like, yes, that is, like, so spot on. <laughs> he is, like, a
1: Dukish Deadpool. It's funny. Well, he bit right down to the scarred-up base and everything.
0: I know. Also, I like, this book was serving some, like, beauty and the beast realness. Um, it's, like, such a retelling of that, even, like, with the servants who are all, like, scheming to make them fall in love. Um But yeah, so it's like, I've also seen people talk about, it's like Beauty and the Beast uh, meets Batman and Deadpool and like Dr. House is what I was seeing people say. It was
1: so charming and they were so funny and I laughed out loud multiple times. Yeah. I just loved this book.
0: Yeah, I loved all of her nicknames for him. Like, she can't bring herself to call him Ash. so she's, Because like, he's
1: burned. That's why yeah. she, she thought it was. Which is
0: so true. That is such an awful nickname for somebody. Um, but I loved, like, she's always calling him, like, fruitcake and my sweet dumpling. <laughs> Things like that. I just loved them so much. Um, they funny. And they've obviously introduced the next people in the series. Oh, Yeah. I love how first books, like, you know, the, either, like, the hero has, you know, like, his group of guys that he gambles with or something, or the heroine finds, like, her, you know, group of outcasts from society that it's like, I'll never find love. It's like, I bet you will in the next book. I bet you will. I bet you have a book of your own. But they were cute. I'm excited, like, for all of them, for their books. Well, and all the little girls that... All little girls... All the,
1: her little friends were all very quirky, so you can tell that they're all going to have very quirky stories, and it's
2: going to be adorable. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, she's already announced that the second one is going to be uh, Alexandra, who is going to be with the guy that she saw in the bookstore, who they said was Once so dreamy. <laughs> um, and apparently somehow she's going to end up uh, being governess to... Uh, his, you know, how he mentions that he's buying books his for his for his nieces, yeah. She's going to end up being their governess, and that's how they're going to meet up. So, I excited for that one. It was
1: adorable. I loved this book.
0: Yeah, me too. So, I have some questions for us to kind of talk about. Okay. Um, so, at one point, the hero and the heroine play a game of badminton, which seems to parallel, like, the way that um they banter. So what makes for good banter like in your mind in just the genre in general or ju- in this book specifically however you want to answer that.
1: What now say the question again?
0: What makes for like good banter in like a romance book do you think?
1: Well um first of all I love the teasing banter. I love where they're well <laughs> Anyone who knows our family Mm -hmm. knows that we, in our family, like an outsider looking in would probably think, man, they don't get along very well. They're not very nice to each (laughs) other. (laughs) They're awful to each other. But that's the way we show love in our family. So, um, uh, and we're highly inappropriate as well. So, Mm -hmm. um. Like, if someone went on our group family texts, they would probably say, wow, these, this family needs therapy. <laughs> but um, that's the way we are. And so that's what I love seeing in books. I love um, the playful teasing. I love the put-downs that everyone knows, you know, are a wink-wink put-down. Mm-hmm. And um, I love when they're not easily offended like, she, he would say terrible things to her, and she would just be like, whatever. <laughs> I, I love that, and um, that's what makes it fun. And just total sense of humor. There needs to be sense of humor in there.
0: Yeah, so I, I think I, like, honed in specifically on that badminton scene because, you know, like, they are, like, hitting the ball back and forth, and they seem to just be, like, you know, with every whack of the... What is the name for the shuttercock? Is that what it is?
1: Shuttlecock. I think that's why she likes having badminton in there. She likes the word shuttlecock. She says <laughs> it is a funny word. <laughs> it is a funny word. I, I agree. But, and um, I also want to point out I, I don't mean to talk over you, but I'm going to. Um, you're fine. My
0: whole life. <laughs> not basically. only
1: him with her, but him with his butler was hilarious. Yeah, his butler really was funny. hilarious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway, with that badminton scene, I just felt like, um, you know, like they're kind of just like throwing kind of comments back and forth at each other as they're like hitting this shuttle clock back and forth. And um, I was thinking, I'm like, so like banter and romance novels to me is kind of like a game of badminton where it's like back and forth and sometimes points are won. But when it's really good banter... The points are one, but like both parties are having like too much fun to actually be keeping score, you know, where it's like, I'm enjoying this and like, we're having some good back and forth and I'm liking it. And as the reader, I'm liking it even more. Right. And it breaks the ice. It
1: always breaks the ice.
0: Yeah. I was at a book club where we were talking about humor in romance novels and, um, why it's effective, and I think, like, for me, um, I don't know, like, first of all, like, one of the things I find most attractive in a guy is if he's funny. Like, if he's funny, like, I'm sold. Like, you can look however you want to look, but if you can make me laugh, like, done. I don't know, I think that being able to have fun together as, you know, a romance couple is gonna make you fall in love faster and things like that, so... I just I love good banter and Tessa Dare is so good at it. She's so good. She is the queen. That
1: was yeah. it's I really really enjoyed uh reading uh her the quips they have for one another are just yeah.
0: So so fun. Yeah, they're fun. So I once talked to someone who um sh- who didn't like Tessa Dare's books and mm. I was shocked. Um, but she felt that Tessa Dare would do better writing contemporary because she thinks her style and humor are, like, much more modern. Um, I guess, how do you feel about that?
1: I would say I agree to an extent because there's a lot of language and stuff she uses that probably wasn't used back in that time. Yeah. Um, however, it makes it... <laughs> more fun to think of these stodgy, you know, period people uh, talking like that. It makes it, I don't know, I think it adds a a, a fun side to the stoic, you know, Regency-type people.
0: Yeah, and I think that, um, like, I, I, I could see where this person was coming from, um, but... Uh, and I think more so, I feel like it's, like, her sense of humor and maybe, like, the way she turns a phrase is a little bit more modern than probably they spoke back then. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it makes it feel, um, I don't know, it makes the characters feel a little more human to us as modern readers. And, um, you know, a little bit more relatable to us. And... I, I'm willing to overlook it just because I love them. And it makes it feel a little bit more quaint, I guess, when they're Regency set, if that's the word I'm looking for. I'm trying to decide. But, um, yeah, I guess, I guess I'm guess i willing to forgive it. And like I said, we're going to be talking a little later about historical inaccuracies, so maybe we can touch mm-hmm. on that then. But, um, so, my one thing that I was kind of like... I like this, but I don't know exactly what the point of it is. Um, What purpose do you think Trevor serves? Uh, Do you think he'll show up again in future books? That's exactly what I think is the purpose of Trevor. I think he's going to show
1: up in in other books. And um, I think, you know, he's going to be like their, um, what was the Maiden Lane series with the... Oh, Ghost of St. Giles. Yeah. I think he's going, But he's in Mayfair, which is like,
0: okay, it's not really a dangerous area. You're in freaking Mayfair. No. But, um. I mean, I loved him. I thought he was adorable. And I loved, their like, his whole, like, <coughs> you know, Robin to uh, Duke of <laughs> Ashbury's, like, Batman. I just thought it was kind of funny.
1: Well, I loved um, how he kept saying, so now we're going to go do this. He's like,
0: there's no we. We're not doing anything. <laughs> He kept trying to scare him off, but he couldn't because he's an old softy. He was an old softy. Um, yeah, that was just—I was just curious if you thought he was going to show up again. I think I thought as well that he would probably show up again, but we'll see. I guess we will. I mean, he's not old enough yet to like be getting his own book anytime soon. Twelve, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, because they can't get married till they're 35 or something. I don't know what the, <laughs> the guys difference. can't get married till they're 35.
0: Right. The girls have to be
1: 19, and the guys have to
0: be... <laughs> At least 19. Most, I feel like most romance heroines are, like, on-the-shelf spinsters or, you know, 24 well, or Those something. are the ones I enjoy. I really
1: have a problem when it's, like, an 18 or 19-year-old girl and a 35 or 36-year-old guy. I
0: don't it's feel like, like I read that many. At least not, like... I just... What did I just read? Oh, Recently the, written books that are like that. The um, Christy Caldwell books are like that. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, it is more historically accurate to have that. But I just feel like most authors just work around it by saying, like, oh, she's been on the shelf for a while. <laughs> you know.
1: Well, and I'm okay if they're 28 and 35. I you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I don't have a problem with that. But, you know, when the guy is twice the age of the girl, it's like... This is a little...
0: Yeah. Cradle Robin there. Yeah. Um, So with this book, I found the steaminess to be kind of, like, off the charts in a good way. But is Tessa always this saucy, or did it, like, seem more than normal for her? Mm-hmm. I have a hard time remembering.
1: They all run together for me, too, as well. However, the fun thing about the sex in this book was... um. Him getting over his issues with everything.
0: Yeah, because he's got a lot of scars from, like, his, um, from, he was by, like, a, was it, like, a bomb a or something? A rocket backfired or something. Yeah, a rocket backfired, and so he's, like, half of his body is scarred, which I was getting very, like, Hound from Game of Thrones vibes, but, like, hotter.
1: <laughs> well, if, hot, if the Hound cut his hair... I mean, without the makeup, he looks good. So, if he cut his hair and and you know, dressed himself. But do you know what I mean?
0: That's that's what I kept envisioning. His face looked like is like yes. the hound from Game of Thrones, where like half of it is kind of mangled from the burn scars. Right. Um. So he's he works through a lot of like, and he was previously engaged to a woman who like found him repulsive. Um. And so he's kind of working through through some of that. Yes. That's accurate. <laughs> um but the scene where she says um and by now you should know me if you issue a command I'll only do the reverse. And that was pr- hilarious. Well, okay, so the the reason I liked that scene a lot is because it starts off like they're kind of having fun, they're kind of getting a little little frisky, and he's, like, saying things like, you know, because then it becomes, like, this thing where, you know, he's like, okay, if you're going to do the reverse, then don't touch me here, and don't straddle me, and don't pull don't down your, your bodice. Skirts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but then, like, it kind of evolves into this, like, moment that I was like, oh my gosh, I'm getting a little choked up, when he's like, don't love me, and don't say it out loud. I was like, "Oh, I know. It was so good. (laughs) But she's really good. Like, there's others that are like this too, but like, at making the sex scenes, like, mean more, and have more than just like, let's have sex.
1: Yes. And that's, so the sex scenes were a little steamy, but I did like that, that she used those to work because at first his whole thought was, I'm gonna go away there, it's gonna be dark, I'm gonna do my business, I'm gonna get out. And yeah. um of course they never planned out that way. And um anyway, that's just how she used to work him through his issues and I thought it was a good use of of the sex. Yeah. It was, so it wasn't just sex they, for sex.
0: When they finally like have sex for the first time with, like, the lights on and stuff like that, and she sees all of his scars, um, I, this is a spoiler alert, but I was, like, I was already starting to catch on to the fact that she was pregnant, and then when she went and, like, threw up right after they had sex, and that's, like, a thing for him, because his ex-fiance, like, was like, I'm gonna wretch if I have to sleep with him, and... So when she goes and throws up, I was like, no, 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 no. She's pregnant. Don't be, don't, don't <laughs> like freak out. Stop. Don't be sad. Stop reading into this. Um, but anyway, so I was glad that they worked that out pretty quickly. And she was like, yeah. no, I, I, I also loved about them that, um, he was like, oh, I'm hideous. And finally she was like, I don't think you're hideous. Like I'm infatuated with you. <laughs> Stop thinking. I, I think you're hideous.
1: Um, well, and it's funny because usually it's the girls that have all these hangups, but in this one, the dude had so many hangups. He yeah, was that's the one that, that had to work through, you know, all my body, Because it's usually the girls who are like, "Oh, I gotta cover myself because he'll see me naked," and yeah. um, and this one, he was the one with all the body image issues and um, you know, working through. And he used his humor to kind of cover a lot of that up. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, it was kind
0: of a nice little spin on yeah I didn't think about it that way but yeah I like that girl with I also like that she um, I like that you know Tessa Dare talked about um, because she was a vicar's daughter and um, and she but he was like really cold and distant with her and so she um, she kind of eventually seeks comfort elsewhere And, you know, has a little, not even, like, that much of a liaison with this guy that, when she was younger. But, so her father kind of disowns her. Um, And I kind of, yeah, I kind of liked that she got to be the one that was a little bit more sensual, I guess. And, um... Well, to clarify, she had this years
1: before she met him.
0: Yeah, right, 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 right. Because the way you said it kind
1: of sounded like it was while they were together, but... No, it was years before. And so she wasn't a virgin. No, correct. Yeah. And
0: that always makes, that always empowers them a little bit. Um, mom, I don't know if you saw this, but did you see, uh, her dedication at the beginning of the book? I did not. Cause I started. Uh, so I have to read to it to you cause it's really funny. She says, um, I grew up a PK preacher's kid Emma, the heroine of this book, is a vicar's daughter. I want to make clear that Emma's father is nothing like my own. My father was and is loving, patient, supportive, and understanding. Thanks, Dad. This book's for you. Please don't read chapters 7, 9, 11, 17, (laughs) 19, 21, or 28. (laughs) That's like me dedicating a book to you. (laughs) Okay, you know i'll read those but <laughs> you'll just go straight to them with I that. It's like well, i'm not gonna read this other stuff <laughs> i did love that scene too where um he goes and kind of to threatens her dad, her dad. <laughs> and her Four dad is. thinks he's a demon from hell <laughs> and he's like yes yes demon from hell. i am <laughs> <laughs> and there's some line in there that was so great where um He's like, Well, I'll need you to sign in at the gates of hell. He's like, You sign? There's paperwork in hell? He's like, Of course, there's paperwork in hell. It's hell. <laughs> like, paperwork. <They're> very organized. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a bureaucracy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't think that comes with some paperwork? <laughs> um, so, kind of the last thing I wanted to talk about here, um, and we kind of touched on this, but I feel like Tessa Dare always has. Um, a pretty good track record for strong supporting characters. Um, or at the very least, she has a lot of fun with her supporting characters. Um, what do you think this supporting cast brings to the book? Well, I already mentioned the butler. I loved the butler. Yeah. And you could just
1: picture him just being... uh, Like, n- not cracking a smile very often, but having that very dry sense of humor. Yeah. And... um very stoic, and anyway, he was hilarious.
0: Well, Um, and their relationship is really funny, like, his relationship with Khan, because they obviously have this kind of, like, almost father-son thing, but also... Not, I just love how, you know, he's always making him play badminton and do boxing and all that stuff. And I love at the end when Khan punches him in the face when he's not going after her. And he's like, you were supposed to dodge. <laughs> you were supposed to dodge. That
2: becomes anyway. Famous
1: line from the story.
2: Yeah.
1: Anyway, I loved Khan. I loved, um, well, all the servants were funny with him, trying to get him trying to come up with ways to get them together so they'll fall in love. And um, uh, I already said I love her little friends, and we liked Trevor. So I think the supporting cast is really well done in this book, especially since it's the first in a series.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because it kind of, like, makes you, like, hope to see, you know, the people that you're supposed to probably see in the next books. Um, And I just think it's funny that – You know, some people just get a couple lines here and there, but they're still, like, so funny and memorable. Um, And I think more than anything, they bring humor and stuff to the book, which, um, you know, we are a fan of. Um, But it also just kind of creates more realness with the world. And um, I also think that, like, his servants kind of made him more sympathetic like right off the bat even when he was kind of being a jerk to her sometimes um because there are obviously like people who cared about him and loved him um because they just wanted like what was best for him and things like that um so I think it kind of created some sympathy for him even when he was not being very nice right yeah there must
1: be some good in him if all these people love him so much
0: yeah Um, okay, so I think that that's kind of, those were, like, my discussion questions for this book. Um, anything else that you wanted to say about this one? I think we've covered it pretty well. We've been pretty effusive with our praise. Um, (laughs) I just love, I mean, I always love Tessa Dare books. Uh, I even had the chance to meet her once at The Ripped Bodice in L.A. And, um, I just, like, you know went on about how much I love her books and her writing um, but yeah keep them coming because <laughs> I will read gobble all of them up um, so if that is it uh, we would love to hear what you thought of the Duchess deal um, on our Facebook page or Twitter which is at notyourmomsrom or you can email us at Club at gmail.com Um, So if you would like to read along with us or email us your thoughts, you can do that. Or if you'd like to suggest a book, we would love to hear some suggestions from you. Um, Next time, we are going to discuss Magnate. Magnate? I don't know how to pronounce that correctly. M-A-G-N-A-T-E, Mom. Magnate. Magnate, okay. Magnate by Joanna Shoup. Um, This book is set in the Gilded Age in America, so um, I'm slowly but surely working Mom towards reading a contemporary. I'm just going to (laughs) kind of like progressively get you closer to modern era. Um, So this is the first book in her Knickerbocker Club series, Um, and I thought it would be fun to get Mom to read something uh, not set in England and set in a different era i'm on board i'm with you i'll do it okay so for now we're going to take a break and when we come back we'll be talking about historical accuracy and romance novels so stay with us
2: hi y'all um for my contemporary pick for this week i wanted to talk about um the immortals after dark series by cresley cole um now this series it talks about demons and vampires and wraiths and sirens and uh, just about every possible paranormal creature that you could possibly talk about. Um, And it's really interesting because um, a lot of these creatures are uh, kind of fated to be with uh, one person. And more often than not, it is uh, some enemy race that they are um, fated to be with. And um, it just makes for pretty intense and fun um, paranormal stories. So if paranormal is your thing, I'm sure you've heard of this series. If it's not, maybe still consider giving the series a try. Um, It's a lot of fun and it is saucy, saucy, saucy. Uh, So if that is what you're looking for, um, I really recommend that series.
0: Uh, thanks guys. And we're back to talk about something that mom and I often bring up when we are reading historical romances. Um, we have found that some amount of suspension of disbelief is required. So, um, let's talk about that. Um, so we should say that we actually learn a lot from historical romances. We know all about the order of the Dukes and the Earls and the Marquesses and the Viscounts and all of that. Um, so yes, we're very knowledgeable. My husband's, knowledgeable. Amazed. My husband's yes. amazed
1: at stuff. And he's like, where did you learn that? I was like, from my dirty books. <laughs> <laughs> See?
0: I'm not just reading it for the dirty <laughs> scenes. I'm learning. you not just dirty. <laughs> um, but... Mom and I often talk about how like, oh, these people seem to bathe a lot more than they probably did back then and stuff. Um, Especially
1: if your servants had to bring up buckets of hot water, I'm like, really you're gonna you're gonna bathe
0: every day and make your servants do that? You are a horrible person. <laughs> well, and I like how like some authors like call it out and say like, um, you know, he. Uh, he realized that he bathes more often than other people, but he was wealthy enough to earn that luxury. So he took advantage or something. I don't know. I feel like I see that kind of line in, in these books a lot. It's just, I really don't think it happened very often, but like on the flip side, would you, uh, rather have him talk about how they stink? No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
1: am going to bring up the fact that they talk about these women with their silky thighs and their silky calves and their, you know, beautiful structure of all this. It's, you got to keep in mind, nothing was shaved. So when they talk about their silky thighs, those are hairy silky thighs. (laughs) Or when they talk about running their hand up their silky calves, those are hairy silky calves. And, um...
0: Maybe people, sorry. maybe people just don't have as, like, coarse of leg hair as we have in our family. Is that a thing?
1: <laughs> well, however, they're always talking about these women with their thick tresses and their luxurious, silky hair. You cannot have thick, luxurious hair on your head and not have it other places on your body. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want to be TMI here, but that's a thing. Women who have thick, luxurious hair on their head are going to have thick, luxurious hair on other parts of their body. They didn't shave under their arms, so when they're wearing these gorgeous ball gowns, something to keep in mind. Well,
0: at least they usually, like, refer to the fact that, you know, they have hair down there, as opposed to, like, whoa, she magically has a Regency-era Brazilian.
1: (laughs) No, I don't think there were a lot of Brazilians back
0: (laughs) then. But they
1: did have hairy armpits. I mean, that's just a thing, and yeah. um, so and I know a
0: lot of times they just kind of skip over that things. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't see a lot of uh, people like kissing the armpits too often in these books no, for they, probably they, they, those reasons. Yeah, they always get down to not the, the not that I think that's a thing that happens a lot. But well, when they
1: talk about she smelled, <laughs> she smelled of roses and honeysuckles. And that scent that was all her own. I'm thinking, yeah, I bet she did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. I think about that a lot, where um, because they weren't bathing that often, and I, I just when I was in New Orleans, um, we did like these tours where they talked about how like the women just carried around these little like, uh, like posies of <laughs> like little bouquets of flowers that they were just like hold up to their noses all the time to, like, block out the stench of somebody that they were talking to. <laughs> and, but, uh, you know, of course, that's also in the Deep South where it's humid as all get out. But um mm-hmm. anyway, uh yeah, the the scent thing, I'm like, geez, I, I go a couple hours and I'm, you know, losing the shower scent. So... Yeah, well, I always think,
1: wow, oh, if I was in a romance novel, they'd be saying, she smelled like swab shampoo, and <laughs> you know, her and, lips tasted like Burt's Bees <laughs> Chapstick.
0: Her hair, smelled of Diet of medi- her hair smelled of medicated shampoo. <laughs> That's
1: right. Ooh, sexy. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing, too, that I don't think a lot of people think about when, as they're reading these books... Is circumcision was not a thing, so when they're describing these oh. men, and sometimes, sometimes it is pointed out that that is the way it is, but um, usually they kind of gloss over the fact. So you could kind of imagine either way, I guess. I don't know.
2: Yeah. But
0: um, these, I mean, they're not like. I mean, I have. I don't think I've ever read one where it's like, uh, oh, <laughs> like yeah, it's going into they deep make a, description about it,
1: right? I mean, they go into deep dis- descriptions, but it's not a lot of foreskin. But it's not a lot of, yeah. like um, yeah. So, But, I mean, these people were born in their homes. They're, they were not being circumcised. So, you know, that's another thing to keep in mind, was you're reading these books. Yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway. Those are I'm some try of and, the inaccuracies. Yeah, you know, a... yeah, but I think I'm kind of at the... Uh, it's kind of like what we were talking about with... Um, you know, Tessa Dare's more modern sense of humor and things like that. Um, I think I'm of the, eh, but it's a book written for me as the reader now. So right. I think I'm, I think I'm happier living in my, um, my bubble of modern technologies and <laughs> modern ignorance. hygiene
1: hits and <laughs> things like that. I do like modern hygiene but um, and also if they made a movie of these books, you know that they would be shaved, and they would be—you know—what like they are. We would have; they would have modern hygiene habits if, yeah. if they had actors and actresses playing these parts. So, beautifully waxed
0: eyebrows and things like that. Absolutely. Um, okay, I think is that what we wanted to mainly say about that. That's that's where some of the those are some things that I
1: think of when I'm reading. It's mainly,
0: it's mainly just all hygiene, related. <laughs> All <laughs> hygiene-related. <Like>, wow. <laughs> and sometimes there's, like, certain words or phrases used that I'm like, I feel like that maybe, and not just in dare, but, like, in a lot of uh, these historical romance where I, um, you know, kind of like, I feel like they wouldn't say that. But, you know, I understand it better, so I'm fine <laughs> with it. I get it. Yeah. Anyway, yes. so, like we said... We, we still learn a lot, and but we go into them knowing that it's like the Disneyland version of historical romance. <laughs> True. Um, so thanks so much for joining us. We hope that uh, you enjoyed it, and we hope that you enjoyed Duchess Deal, because we sure did. And again, if you would like to join us for Magnate by Joanna Shoup in two weeks, um, you can find us on Twitter at NotYourMomsRom or on Facebook, or you can email us at NotYourMomsRomanceBookClub at gmail.com. And we would love to hear your thoughts on Duchess Steel or Magnate or whatever. Um, So I think that'll do it for us. Thanks, Mom.
2: Thanks, Ellen. Bye. Bye. Bye.